Live from the land of leftover turkey sandwiches and oh my god, there's so much pie, it's the Dockiverse Podcast. Episode 111, Wolf was the leader of the Bacon Gnomes. In this episode, we've got readings from the Doclopedia and the GM's Toolkit. And now, let's get on with the show just as soon as I put a little more mayonnaise on the sandwich. Greetings, gentle listeners. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Doc Cross. I am recording this the Saturday afternoon after Thanksgiving. And yes, indeed, we still have pie and uh, maybe a couple more tricky sandwiches left because my sister always sends home with us an enormous box of food so they don't have to eat all of the leftovers she makes. So, yeah, we're eating good in the neighborhood here. I would like to thank everybody for listening, and, of course, I would like to thank my patrons most of all. So let me just go ahead and thank Peter, Kevin, Mark, Marion, Jame, Bruce, Avis, and David. Thank you, guys. You're the greatest. I hope you enjoy the show. And, yes, folks, you, too, can become a patron for this program easily. I will tell you all about how to do it at the end of the show. But for now, let's move on with the program. Alrighty, it's time to move on to another episode of Readings from the Doclopedia. The Doclopedia number 543, The Colors, Blue. Blue was the primary costume color of the Blue Moose, the much-loved Canadian superhero of the 1950s and 60s. He was nearly seven feet tall, superbly muscled, and extremely tough. His mutant ability to fly and sprout large electrified antlers made him the scourge of all the criminal underworld. He was the subject of comic books, movies, and a long-running animated television show. Around 1969, the Blue Moose seemed to be losing his powers. He was still a very imposing individual, but he used flight and his antlers much less. By 1973, he admitted to the world that he had lost those powers. However, by then, a new crop of superheroes was coming up, and the Blue Moose helped them in any way he could, mostly by giving them the benefit of his years of experience. In 1992, the Blue Moose announced his retirement and left the public eye. Nobody knows where he went or who he really was, but all of Canada loves him. Number 544. The Colors. Yellow. When the death clouds covered the world in 1830, they were bright yellow in color and nearly 100% toxic to anyone who had passed through puberty. Victims would breathe in the toxin, then pretty much liquefy from the inside out. Only a very small percentage of adults survived, and they had shortened lifespans due to a variety of problems. Fortunately, enough adults lived on to teach many of the surviving children how to live in the new world. Even so, in many places, they did not have adults and reverted to savagery. That is why now, in 1890, there are walled city-states of the educated, surrounded by large tribe lands with whom they trade and have uneasy peace agreements. Well, gentle listeners, it's time to crack open the GM's toolkit again and 
see what we've got here. And this time we've got something I call the serial approach. And I don't mean serial like Captain Crunch. I mean serial, S-E-I-R-A-L, like the old serials they used to show in movie theaters where you would see part one this week, part two next week, and it would go on for whatever number of parts. It was not only a way to add more to the movie-going experience, it was a way to get people to come back next week and see whatever was playing then, because they wanted to see what happened in the serial. Flash Gordon was the most famous of them, I'm sure. But you also had things like The King of the Rocket Men, and uh, The Shadow had a serial, and The Spider, Batman. There were two different serials for Batman. So a lot of serials out there. And it's an interesting and good way to run a game. So here's how it works. Very simple. You do a short portion of an adventure. It's going to be, you know, however long your group plays for, two, three, four hours, six hours, whatever. But the key is that it's not all of the story, and it does not end with them finishing a fight or healing up or going to the tavern or whatever, because it's not the end of the story. It's only part of it. So your first adventure in a fantasy game could be The Road to the Castle. And you spend four hours with them getting from point A to point B, the castle. And they fight some thugs or a monster or they find something or they talk to interesting folks along the way. But then, just as they get to the castle, something happens, something big, and you stop right there. You say, yes, you come out of the forest and there up on the hill is the castle. But pouring out of the castle's gates are a thousand armed men coming in your direction and we stop for next week when we can tune in for castle death or something like that they used to do that in the serials it would be return next week to see how commander cody gets out of fiery doom week after that it would be a car going off a cliff and commander cody's in that and it's See how he escapes from the car crash or whatever. So you do that. That's the serial approach as far as that goes. The next week they come back. The thousand men coming out of the castle uh, stop because they realize, oh no, these aren't the bad guys. Or the thousand men are not coming at you or your players or your characters. They're coming at the trolls that are emerging from the forest behind them. Which you're player characters didn't notice because they were so excited about being at the castle. But whatever, you resolve the cliffhanger within the first few minutes of the next session of the game. And then you go on and you do that, and they've been at the castle and they've done this and they've done that and they've had some adventure, and then they have to go underground through tunnels and caverns and things, dungeons, through an entire mountain and come out the other side so they can continue on to wherever they're going. And at that point, as they come down into the cavern, you have everything go completely dark. Their torches go out, everything's complete darkness. And you can say, okay, that's where we stop this time. And then next time it can be, you can title the adventure, oh, I don't know, Death in the Dark or something like that. 
The serial approach also has the advantage of not having to be all thought out at once. Yeah, you know some things. You know who the big bad guy is behind everything. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you just have a vague idea. And, you know, you can have one episode be combat, one episode be finding out information, another episode being a shopping trip. They Maybe they're out of goods. Maybe they're trying to find somebody selling a particular thing that they shouldn't be selling. But there's your advantage right there. You are not planning out a months-long campaign scenario. You're just doing bits and chunks. And maybe you plot out the first three things. Okay, they're going to go here, do this, and it's going to end with a fiery death trap. And then blah, 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 they're going to go here the second time, and it's going to end with a big reveal of something. Like the little old man they're talking to opens a door in the back of his house, and you find out that it's a doorway that takes you 200 miles away to a palace. Or in the end of the third one, they find out that the evil guy they're dealing with that they're trying to catch isn't even human. He's a fucking vampire. And while you're running those three over a course of weeks or days or whatever, you can plot the rest. You can plot all sorts of encounters and stuff out, and if they're not really detailed about where they take place, you can mix and match them. You can swap them back and forth. Maybe the one you were going to run at the sixth place, you say, no, I'm going to move that back to the fourth place and move the fourth place to the eighth place or something like that. So the serial approach has a lot going for it. It's usually best used for a more action-oriented game, although there is no reason you couldn't do it with a mystery game, a slow, you know, mystery game, or anything, a comedy game, really, you could do it that way. Uh, might be a little harder that way, but it might be worth giving a try to. Uh, when you think about it, in many ways, the original Star Trek series, because each episode was self-contained for the most part, that was sort of a serial. A lot of series television is. And I should probably point out here that movies and television are not the original vehicles for serials. Oh no. Many, many, many famous novels and works of literature were written as serials. They appeared in magazines, especially in Great Britain. They appeared as magazine pieces. You know, you wanted to read Great Expectations, you had to go and read every week in The Strand or whatever magazine it was in. Sherlock Holmes was that way. Most of Edgar Rice Burroughs' stuff was serialized in pulp magazines. Charles Dickens, tons and tons and tons of what we know as great literature or pulp literature or just popular literature originally appeared in serial form. So why not run serial role-playing games. So there's something for you GMs to think about. It makes life a little easier for you. It makes life a little more interesting for the player characters and the players. So give the serial approach a try, and if you do it, let me know what you think. Alas, gentle listeners, we are at the end of the podcast 
and it's time for me to thank you all for listening, and I do thank you very much. If you have any suggestions, comments, or questions, I can be reached on Facebook, where I'm Doc Cross, on WordPress at the Dockerverse blog, via email at agentroscoe at gmail.com, and if you're listening via Anchor, you can leave a voicemail, and you patrons can leave a message on my Patreon page, and I'll get it right away. I told you at the top of the show I would let you know how you could support me via Patreon, and here it is. All you need to do is go over to the Patreon page and look for me at www.patreon.com forward slash dot cross, and then you can pledge anything from a dollar a month up to probably a million dollars a month. If you pledge a million dollars a month, I promise you, you only need to do it once, and I will come to your house and kiss you right on the face. But for the rest of you, a buck a month, two bucks a month, whatever, I'll take it all. And thank you very much in advance. Now, some of you might want to just do a one-time donation, or maybe a donation once in a while. For that, you go over to my coffee page, and coffee is spelled K-O-F-I, and you'll find me as Doc Cross 4591 Then you can pledge whatever you want. And I've got a thing over there going, trying to uh, raise enough money to get a webcam so I can start doing vidcasts. Now, if you would like to sponsor this podcast or advertise on it, get in touch with me by any of the methods I just mentioned a bit ago. Our music was Jump and Boogie Woogie, and that came off of Audionautics. This podcast, and everything on it, except that good music, is copyright 2022 by Doc Cross. I will see you next week. Live long and prosper. <laughs>